0: welcome to the heart zone featuring George cannon this broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church for more information we invite you to visit us on the web at www.curwinsvillechris.org and now for a message from the heart zone here's George Cannon
1: You know, guys, we've been really looking at through our whole journey through this letter, the struggle for joy. The reality that the Christian life isn't always so wonderful, that it really is a struggle for joy. Because we're continually being encouraged to find our joy in Christ in spite of what's going on. And today, we're we're going to look at an issue that, to be honest with you, we all struggle with. And that's the issue of contentment. Does everybody everybody agree with that? We have a a hard time being contented. And, and, you know, the the most extreme example of that is our kids. Because I mentioned it is Christmas. Christmas is coming up here in a few, just a couple months. And already everything is geared towards Christmas now. Yep, right now it's Halloween that they're gearing for. But as soon as that's over, guess what's going to be showing up at the mall near you? Santa and Christmas decorations. And you remember when the wish book came out? Remember that? The Sears wish book? Now we don't, maybe they still send that out, but now we have, what, Amazon to show you everything. And so your kids are coming and saying, Mom, I need this for Christmas. And then you buy them that and somehow it shows up under the tree. How contented are they once they get it? Are they done with it by the end of the day? By the end of the week? Now, we laugh at that, but that's the reality. Are we done with when we get whatever we want? So you strive for that position at work, and you get that position. Are you happy then? You strive for that vehicle, and you get that vehicle. Are you happy? Are you happy with it five years later on when it starts nickeling and diming you? We're never happy. We, we we strive. In fact, here's two things. I'm going to just kind of describe our struggle in two ways here. Look, if you've got your sermon outline on the back. We cannot find lasting joy in this life. Have you noticed that? We cannot find lasting joy in this life. One, one of the privileges I have as a pastor is, is I get to marry people. And I get to be involved in their lives as they... Make that agreement to be committed to each other for the rest of their life, and you know. And I've always enjoyed working with college-age people, and 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 it's interesting. Is you hear and it's like a single person they think that everything's going to be wonderful when they get what married, and when they say that thing, if you notice that when they say it in front of married people, married people laugh or mock them. Ha
0: ha ha! You ain't seen nothing yet.
1: Because you know that even though you get married, does that bring satisfaction? No. In fact, marriage opens up a whole other Pandora ball game. Somebody said in the back there. Yeah. And if you and if you and if you have somebody who's I can't wait to get married, and they they talk to somebody who's cynical, and they're like, Oh no, you don't want to do that. Nothing brings us, are you listening to me? Nothing in this life brings us joy. We cannot find everlasting joy, lasting joy in this life. Have you noticed that? That's our struggle. We strive. But we can't find it. Here's the second thing I want you to understand about our struggle. Is we're frustrated by what we can never attain. We're frustrated by what we can't attain. You know, James says it this way in his letter. He, he talks about us fighting and striving. And, and listen to his words. He says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not Have because you do not ask, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. That's the whole, that's the frustration that is within us. And so, you know, let me ask you something. Are you expecting something from your relationships that cannot happen so therefore you're just frustrated? Because you're expecting to be fulfilled in an area that it can never be fulfilled there are you frustrated with work because you're expecting something from work to to meet some sort of need in your life and it doesn't because reality is, is it's not going to meet it in your life you're frustrated with yourself because you thought you could have better or do better or, or achieve something and and you can't achieve it you know we're we're frustrated because we can never attain what we want. Have you noticed that? Some things we attain, but you ever noticed that they don't satisfy you? So then we move on for the next attainment. And we can never attain it. Never attain it. And what, what really frustrates us is when we think somebody else attained it and that somebody else has satisfaction in that area, doesn't it? Because you're looking at it and say, well, you know, I'm not satisfied. Well, the reality is is that maybe that's not what they're trying to find satisfaction in. Yeah, maybe they attained it, but I can almost guarantee you that in their lives they're frustrated by something else. We live constantly in a state of what? Frustration. So think about your life. Think about it. And so we try to deal with that frustration, don't we? We try to deal with it in the ways that we think we'll deal with it. We think we'll find contentment and happiness for the moment. So we try to deal with it with a cheeseburger. A piece of chocolate. An alcoholic beverage. A drug. Sex. Power. Position. All of it to, to try to deal with the frustration because we're not happy. Why don't we grasp that reality? That the struggle for joy is, is that we're not happy. What we thought would bring us happiness and joy has not brought us happiness and joy, has it? And so, George, you're going to talk about contentment? The place of contentment? What is that? Where are you coming from? That seems so foreign. Yeah, I thought things would bring me contentment, but they haven't. We're going to look at a guy today, Paul who's going to address his readers in Philippi and you and I, and he's going to talk about coming to a place of contentment. He's going to talk about the secret of it. And hopefully for you and I, for me too, we'll grasp it. So look with me. I'm just going to look at four verses here, verses 10 through 13. Look at what he says. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. That you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me, where a lot of us are familiar with verse 13, we're going to see how and why he says this in the context of our passage. What we're going to do is is we're going to we're going to take these four verses and we're going to basically break them down into two sections. We're going to see in verses 10 through 11, he's going to talk about finding contentment. We're going to talk about the apostle here who remember now he's in prison and he's suffering for his faith. And he's commending the Philippians for for taking care of his needs, but he kind of tells them that even if you didn't take care of me, I would be content. That's a different kind of view, isn't it? That he's going to be okay with their help, and he thanks them for it, but he's going to be content even in spite of his need. And then we're going to see the secret. The secret to contentment, and how he found it, and what it means In verses 12 and 13. So notice with me, notice what he says here about finding contentment. Verse 10 and 11. Look at what he says. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly now. At last your care for me has flourished again, that you would surely do care, but you lack nothing. Not that I speak with regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Here's the first thing I want you to understand. We talk about finding contentment. Contentment is not something you find, it's learned. So when we talk about finding it, you've got to understand that you're not going to find contentment. You've got to learn contentment. There's a difference. Because Paul's talking about being content when he has an abundance, but he's also talking about being content even when he's struggling, when he has nothing. Contentment is not something you find. Usually when we think in terms of finding it, we think in terms of finding what, something, or some peace of mind, or some kind of provision for us to help us to be content in spite of everything else. He's not talking about finding it, he's talking about learning it. It's a state of mind, it's a state of your soul. You talk about being content. You've got to learn it. Here's what else he says, just to help you to understand. He says, regardless of your situation, you can be content. Now, that's a big one, isn't it? That's a stretch for us. Because so often we have convinced ourselves that the only way for us to be content is when we achieve something or when we receive something or when we experience something. Do you know what I mean? We've, we've convinced ourselves that contentment is only available in the boom times. Do you know what I mean? When things are going well. When there are no problems. In fact, we, we would say that the, the height of our discontentment is when things are not going well. Is that not right? Because we don't like the situation we're in. We want something better. And if we had better, things would be okay. And I would be okay and I would be content. But have you noticed that even when things are going okay, things in fact, when things are really going okay, have you noticed that you're even more discontent? That there is no contentment? You're, In fact, you're even more frustrated. Like you have everything and you have nothing? For instance, folks, have you, have you considered that, you know, they say the suicide rate is high among teenagers, but you know there's another group of people that the suicide rate is extremely high among? That's the Hollywood elite. They're there. It's amazing. I mean, you're looking at people who constantly, you're being bombarded with images of their lifestyles and everything, and that makes you discontent, wishing that you had what they had. But the amazing thing is, is that even though they have it, many of them take their own lives. Because they're frustrated. Because they can't cope. Isn't that interesting? It's not something you receive. It's something. It's not something you find. It's something you learn. And, and you learn to be content regardless of your what? Situation. Very few people are like that, have we? Have you noticed that? I've, I've met very few people in my life that even when things are so terrible, they have contentment. That's because most of us don't know, don't, don't know how to grasp that. I don't know how to grasp that. He goes on and says this about, about the whole issue of finding contentment. He says, contentment means to be sufficient. The word contentment here and its meaning means to be sufficient. That I am sufficient in every circumstance. That I'm okay in every circumstance that I'm in. Even when I don't have nothing, I'm sufficient. Now we're going to see what that means here in a moment. Because here's he's saying he's saying even when I'm a base that means even when I'm lacking, even when I don't have everything I need even when i'm I'm suffering need, I'm sufficient is what he's saying here that's what contentment is it's coming to a place of sufficiency you're saying man I'd like to have that how do i how do i how do I learn that well he's going to tell us the secret here he's going to tell us the secret here look with me look at verse. 12 and 13. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. That's the New King James. The ESV says this. The word learn there is the only time that that word is used in the New Testament. It means it's from the mystery religions of that day. It means to learn a mystery or to know a secret. And so the ESV translates it this way. I have learned the secret to be both full and to be hungry. A secret. What's he saying here? Three things. We need to learn the secret to be content. And when I talk about learning the secret, we're not learning something mysterious. Because in the scripture, in all of Paul's writing, when he talks about the mystery or when he talks about a secret, he's not talking about something that is hidden, that is a mysterious thing that only a few people know. He's talking about something that was not known by the Old Testament, but by the New Testament we find it's full revelation that is there before us, and that ultimately is found in the person of who? Jesus. So we begin to understand that contentment is found in the person of who? Jesus. So contentment is found whether you are doing well or whether you are not doing well, you can learn to be content because you have who? Jesus. Jesus. And so I learned the secret to be content. And what does he say here? Contentment is not found in ourselves. Some of you need to put a star by that. Here's what I want you to understand. Listen to me. We are so frustrated. We so want to come to a place of contentment and peace. We so want... The voids in our life filled. We long for wholeness in our life, and we're on an endless battle. Think about it: you're on an endless battle. I'm on an endless battle to try to find contentment, try to find satisfaction in my life. And so, I'm. And for some of us, we're trying to find it in our marriages. Some of us, we're trying to find it in our kids. Some of us are trying to find it in our work. We're trying to find it in our hobbies. So, hey, next Saturday is the opening season of what? Archery. So you're going to get in your stand. You're going to grunt and rattle and do everything else you can for something big to come by. So you get it. And you spend lots of money to mount it and, and to hang it in your house where your wife doesn't want it. But because she loves you and she knows that's important to you, she lets you find some room hidden somewhere to hang it. And have you noticed it doesn't bring you any contentment? So you're striving for the position at work and, and you're doing this and you're doing that and, and, and you're, you're, you're trying to find satisfaction with food, with, with friends, with sex, with, with all of these different things and we can't find it because we're looking for contentment in our what? Folks, you're never going to find contentment in yourselves. Nothing you can come up with will bring you contentment. Do you you understand what I'm saying? You if you notice that, every time you strive for the next thing, it brings no contentment. It's all meaningless. You, You begin to understand that as you begin to understand why King Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Talk about a man who had everything, who had money and women and power. And he writes Ecclesiastes, and here's what he says. All is vanity. All is vanity. Nothing new under the sun. All is vain. We're not going to find it in ourselves. This is what he's saying. He's learned the secret. He's learned what has been a mystery. And the mystery is, is that our fulfillment is not found in ourselves. So even though he's full he can be content. Even though he's lacking, he can be content. Don't we want to be that way? So what's the what's the what's the secret, George? Well, it's interesting. It's the verse that we often quote. The secret right there in front of you. Look at verse thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Here's what he's saying. It is Jesus Christ that strengthens and empowers me. That's where your fullness comes from. That's where contentment is found contentment for your life that we're so trying to fill with all these other things because we think we're going to find it. You can't find it. You learn it. You learn to find your contentment, your sufficiency in Jesus Christ alone. You learn that. You come to a place where you say, Lord, I'm just trusting in You. I'm resting in You. Lord, I'm, I'm seeking my fullness in You. The fullness of Christ. You know what? That's interesting. Years for years... When you read the old books, the old preachers, they talk about coming to a place of fullness in Christ. We haven't talked about that in years in the North American church. Because we don't know what that is. So we're striving. We're, we're pushing. We're, we're, we're blowing our churches up trying to find contentment. Whether it's the pastor trying to achieve big church or whether it's this, that, or another. Because we're all trying to find our contentment in things. And it only comes in fullness in Christ. That's the secret. It's Christ. It's Jesus Christ who strengthens you when you have nothing. Who empowers you when you have nothing. It's Jesus Christ who gives you strength and power even when you have. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what we need to be striving for. Don't we have it all wrong? We're trying to find it in all these different things that bring no satisfaction. So you're pumping away as much money as you can into your IRA. Or your 401. Then the market crashes and loses half of its value. So back you go again, trying to, if you could only achieve, cause you listen to some financial advisor say, don't you want to be okay when you retire? Ask our retirees, are they okay? They're working harder now than they ever did before. Nothing satisfies. And that really affects our Christian lives, doesn't it? Oh, that we would learn to find our sufficiency in Jesus. So let's, let's just wrap it up here. Let's wrap it up. Let's ask ourselves a couple of questions. Let's be real. And again, these questions are not just for you to answer right now. I want you to take this home and think about it. Number one, are you frustrated? Are you frustrated? I think I'm doing okay, George. Really? Really? Are you? What does your family think? Are you walking around a raging anger? Just seething beneath the surface? It's kind of like the Avenger movie. Remember the Avenger movie? When they tell Hulk to suit up in the end to fight the, fight the big guys and like, uh, you know, and he says, you know, I'm always angry. And he just comes to Hulk. Is that you? You don't turn green, but maybe you do turn green. Because it's just seething beneath you the frustration. Maybe you've gone a long time and you've learned how to control it. We teach you how to control it, don't we? But you never dealt with the issues. Because you're trying to find the contentment. Are you frustrated? Is that putting undue stress in your relationships at home? Is that putting undue stress at work? Because you're trying to find contentment in this world. You're trying to find it. You think it's there. And you're just frustrated because life is not giving it to you. Even when you think you've attained it, you've not attained it. It's kind of fleeting. you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like Alice in Wonderland, you know, chasing after the bunny. You know? It's just ahead of you. You can't reach it. You think that this goal is going to bring you satisfaction. Are you frustrated? Here's here's the second question. Are you willing to learn contentment? Are you willing to learn contentment? I mean, you've equated contentment with this goal. You've equated contentment with this object that you, if you have it, you'll be content. You've equated contentment with all of these things. But, you know, really the reality is is you're not going to find contentment there. Are you willing to learn it? That whether you have what you want or not, you're going to be content. You're going to be sufficient. Are you willing to learn it? Am I willing to learn that? Because it's fleeting. I mean, think about it. I mean, there's an old story that comes out of England about an English lord who had maids and servants. And one time this old lord was walking through his manor and he heard one of his maids say, if I only had a hundred pounds, I'd be perfectly content. And the old Lord heard that and He says, Wow, I'd like to see perfect contentment. So He reaches into His wallet and pulls out a 100-pound note and gives it to her. And then He walks away. And as He's walking away, He heard her say, I should have asked for two. <laughs> but are you willing to learn it? You're never going to find it. Are you, going, are you willing to learn? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. Don't we want to learn that? Because for us, the struggle, the struggle for joy as we try to pursue what he wants in our lives, the frustrating thing is, it's like, okay, Jesus, where's that abundant life? Where is it? It's him, folks. It's him. Nothing. Nothing else. So here's our action point. Here's what we got to do. We've got to ask the Spirit to help you to find contentment in the fullness of Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us. We've got to ask God, bring me to that place of contentment to find it in you, in your fullness in my life. That's the only way we're going to be content. Now, some of you here, the words I'm saying are resonating. Because you've strived. You've tried to achieve. And you're ready. You're ready to find that contentment in him, because everything else, you can look back on your life and you can say, "You know what? I've tried, I've tried to achieve." In fact, that isn't that what midlife crisis is for some of us folks? Because when you're younger, you have all these dreams. You want to do this. You want to accomplish this. You want to, you want to have this and that or another. And then when you get to your 40s, that's when the crisis happens, isn't it? You just look back and you say, well, I guess all those dreams were for nothing. What is that? All this discontentment. It's discontentment. But you're at that place. Some of you are at that place. You are ready to find your contentment in who? Jesus. Then ask Him, God, bring me to that place of fullness you teach me i need to learn it that whether i have or i don't have i find my contentment in you now some of you you're not there yet you're hearing this and you're saying oh that sounds good george but you're not there yet because you still think that if you achieve something you still think it if you receive something you still think that if you have something you're going to be happy So you've got to learn yet. That it's not there. That true sufficiency, true contentment is only found in Jesus. So ask the Spirit to help you. Help you to find your contentment in Him.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning.